the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back as we head into hour two, six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero six zero two fifty eighty nine sixty. Mr. Bill is my producer pro tem today. Thank you for doing that, Mr. Bill. David Dahl will be back with us tomorrow. He's in DC at a conference, and I'm sure he'll bring back a catalog of stories. If not pretenses. I don't know. I don't know why I said that. All right. Rick had called earlier. I'm sorry, Rick. Thanks for your patience, sir. Oh, never, never sorry. Never sorry, Seth. Uh, I'm I'm glad to be patient and hang with you. Thank you. But, you know, we all love David. Yes. But it was it was really great to hear my buddy Bill. He's a great guy. So, yes, he is. Uh, I, back to uh, what I called about. Yes, sir. I have a semi-serious uh, point and then a serious point. Okay. Which would you like to go with first? Either one. Okay. Let's do the semi-serious. Okay. So I was listening yesterday to you, to the best of. Yes. Seth? Yes. And you said something that made me think uh, about possibly coining a new phrase. Okay. Okay, you said something, uh, and I can't remember the context now, but you said something about uh, President Biden pretending to be president. So I was thinking the new phrase that we should be using is pretend President Biden. Pretend Uh, President Biden. But we might need to use the word that you were talking about when I talked to you last week uh, about the Wizard of Oz and the little guy behind the curtain that said he was the great and terrible Oz, but it really wasn't true. Yeah. What was that word that you used, you introduced to us? Farce. Not Not a farce, but something... I don't remember what word I would have used. Oh, okay. I don't well, anyway, know. was it thaumaturgy? Yes, that was it. Okay, thaumaturgy. Okay. okay. Yes. So we have a, a, a pretend thaumaturgy President Biden. Thaumaturgical. Yes. Oh, thaumaturgical. Yes. I'm sorry. Yes. Thaumaturgical. In that case, yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> Boy, did I foul that up? No, it's okay. <laughs> okay. It's okay. All right, now to the series. The only thing that I think you can't say about Biden that the wizard could say about himself, as we discussed last week, was when Dorothy said, you're a very bad man. He said, no, I'm actually a very good man. I'm just a very bad wizard. Yeah. I don't think Joe Biden can say that about himself. That is an important observation. Yeah. And... Maybe I can call you in the next day or two. I, I wanted to follow up on the addendum to your monologue where you were talking about <clears throat> the Biden crime family and all of that. Yes. But today I'll just stick with my points. All right. I am fascinated just conversationally. Yeah. I am fascinated by this notion of kind of what the wizard was talking about, where he says, I'm actually a very good man. I'm a very bad wizard. I'm actually fascinated by the idea of the reverse, of being good at something in your calling, 
but really uh-huh. bad as a human being. You're a bad human being, but you're a good you're you're good at X, you know. This was uh-huh. the argument they made of Bill of Bill Clinton. I'm, I I yeah. I'm consumed with that thinking. Aristotle speaks about it when he talks about the difference between a good man and a bad regime and a bad man and a good regime. Anyway, it's probably not where you are right now. We'll come no. back to it. Uh, well, you no, know, but uh wow, that's some some deep thinking there, Seth, and I I would like to hear you say more about that. I'll do it. I'll do it over time. Go right yeah, ahead. Yeah, yeah, because uh, that, that is a significant insight. Yeah, I, well, there's something to it, isn't there? Yeah. Um, anyway, go on. Go on. I, I really think so. Okay. okay the, the second point that I had that is more serious is with your connections, I would like to suggest uh, a documentary. Uh, you're familiar with the old, the, the old cult movie, uh, dementia 13 no oh no i don't think so oh i thought everybody knew about that dementia 13 i can't uh, one of the me and seb gorka don't know what it is <laughs> whoops you caught me again no whoops but i heard you ask him this and he said yes. he didn't know so you can't say you thought everybody knew that's right. That's okay. right. All I, right. I, I, All yeah, right. I anyway, it, it was. A, it's an old kind of cult movie. It's 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 really bad. But it was like the first movie that some famous movie producer did. I don't remember. Anyway, playing off that idea. So you, what, what did you think of the idea of putting together all of the? The gaffes and goofs and the dumb things and the lies and everything that 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 Democrats have said and putting it in a documentary entitled Dementia 666 with the subtitle uh, Dumb and Devilish Dialogue of the Left. Maybe. Um, you know, a probably better title would be Dementia 1600. But let me say oh. something about documentaries. Yeah. They're worthless. Oh, really? I think so. It's my tentative position on documentaries. Okay. Um, I don't know of a single – people have heard me on this before. I really don't know of a single documentary that has changed anything. Um, First of all, most of them aren't documentaries that purport to be. They tend to be just other angles or someone else's version of what happened. But Mm -hmm. can you tell me – I mean I – I think of films generally. There's a couple fictional movies that have changed the way people think. Jaws is the classic. No one looked at an ocean the same way or a shark the same way again without some image from Jaws. Maybe uh, the China Syndrome with Jane Fonda had an effect on nuclear energy and nuclear reactors, especially when it was combined around the time of Three Mile Island. But I can't think... Can you? I mean, I'm open to the argument. Now, I promote certain documentaries, particularly entertaining ones. Promote, yeah. uh, you know, recommend is the better word. Like uh, the Wrecking Crew is fantastic. This one that's being talked about right now about the making of We Are the World is really good, especially if you like music. Uh-huh. Uh Have I spent time on that? It's really good. Um, I think you've mentioned it. But I might I have mentioned you, it, but yeah, I don't worth- know of a political documentary. Yeah. And it's a bold statement, so I keep saying it haltingly, thinking maybe I'm wrong about this. But if anyone can tell me, I mean, I I think the highway is littered 
I know it. I know my highway is littered with people saying, well, you've got to come see this. This is dynamite. It'll change everything. I remember this one on education around 2004, 2005 called Waiting for Superman that everyone thought was going to change everything. Nothing changed. I remember all these things about Biden and Obama corruption or mostly Obama corruption that was going to change everything. Change nothing. Uh, I just I don't have a lot of confidence in them, Rick. I don't. I I will give that some thought, Seth. I really will, because you raise a, a significant and important point. And just off the top of my head, here's kind of my ra- it Maybe it doesn't really change things because basically the documentaries are uh, eaten up or consumed, I should say, consumed by those who the pre- Yeah, the self-selected who along. believe, yeah, in the direction already. Right. Yeah, like, right. like the... the, the, the you know, documentary on smoking and the documentary that, uh, what's his, who's that, Michael, whatever his name is, uh, some of those documentaries that were on the left, but they were consumed mainly by people on the left already, you know, and I don't know that they, they ever really changed that much, and that's probably, that that's probably true on the right. Now, too, maybe, though, what was the one on smoking you're thinking of? Uh... And the only reason I ask is 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 because the smoking thing is interesting to me generally because this country did go through a huge, a hugely significant shift in smoking. Right, but it took a long time. It took a lot of effort, yeah, and a long time. But and a long time. I, if you turn on a TV show from, or movie from the '60s, I mean, it it almost sets you back to see people smoking indoors. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And they don't that's... even think twice about it. I mean, mm-hmm. they, it's they just do it like drinking a glass of water. Right. Now you will never see it, and not just because it's forbidden. Right. And f- it took a lot of effort. Um, Including, yep. including in the '90s, you may recall, any villain in a movie or TV series was always smoking. Right. That was part and parcel of it. That was the identifier. That was part of it. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of ads, a lot of public service ads. I don't remember the documentary, but if there was one, it was probably part and parcel of the larger effort. You can change things. You change drug use for a little while. You change smoking. We need one on. We need a change in obesity. That's. That's the big one right now. Be right back. Seth Leapson here for the Midas Gold Group. Friends, the folks at Midas Gold Group have told me the U.S. government and the Fed will have no choice but to eventually steer interest rates lower because if they don't, the current level of interest rates will bankrupt the nation. There's no telling when the dam will break, but when it does, Midas wants to make sure you have flood insurance. In this case, gold. Call Midas Gold Group now. Look into the opportunities gold can provide you as a way to diversify your investments. Call 480-360-3000 or go to MidasGoldGroup.com. Midas Gold Group is the nation's number one veteran-owned gold IRA firm. Protect your assets. Call 480-360-3000. That's 480-360-3000. Midas Gold Group, always faithful. MidasGoldGroup.com. Dot com. Joshua is in Gilbert, or Gilbert is in Joshua. Not sure which. <laughs> hey, Seth, how are you? How are you? <laughs> the Joshua and Gilbert. I am, All right. I'm, I'm, I always go with the first answer, right? That's what they tell you. 
Yeah, right. No, I, well, I, I work in Scottsdale, so no, I'm heading home to Gilbert. But um, I was just going to make a quick comment. I wanted to call about it last week because, honestly, not a lot of things really tee me off. But this whole this whole Donald Trump fine thing for his business thing was just really upsetting. And I just thought it was really ironic. On the day that that Russian, um, I guess, dissident or whatever he called, uh, the day that he... Alexei you know, Navalny, I think you're thinking. Yeah. Of. Yeah. The day that they find out he's, you know, killed in prison, I think it's the same day that that judgment comes down to Trump and Biden and everybody wants to go up there and talk about how it's, you know, basically the most important thing in the world, you know, to keep giving money to Ukraine and stuff because Russia, you know, Putin's a thug and all the same BS that we always hear. But yet it's also the same day that they also just, you know, Slap Trump with one of the most ridiculous lawsuits ever, and talk and tell us how, you know, Putin's the thug by killing, you know, his dissident or whatever. So just the irony is just so insane. I just just today recorded a commentary for Town Hall that said this. I'll give you a preview of it. It is insulting to banana republics when we compare them to our nation's use of the courts to silence and stop Donald Trump. Banana republics of yore had a shame about it all. They did their cloak and dagger work in the dark as quietly as possible. They didn't parade and strut the way our judges and prosecutors do as they indict and try Donald Trump in federal, state, and local courts. What we are seeing is not banana republicanism republicanism in our legal system, waging lawfare against Donald Trump to obtain what cannot be won at the ballot box, namely his defeat. What we are seeing is Putinism. Vladimir Putin struts and parades his use of the apparatuses of government to silence and retribute against his political foes. He has no shame about it. He sees the publicity of it as a tool and message. Come after me politically, you will face state-sanctioned punishment. So for those who denounce Putin, wake up. The rapidity of it all is different here. The ends and increasingly the means are not. Is that some of your point? Yeah, I saw today, I didn't read the article, American Greatness made the same point, so I guess they must have... uh tapped into my brainwaves last week, so I won't take full credit. But, yeah, it's just, you know, and not to mention all the January 6th people still rotting in prison. Now, I realize you can, quote, say they did something wrong, and I'm sure some of them did. But for everyone, the Democrats, to stand up on their high horse and just talk about how, you know, they're the, it's just the same guy. You know what's kind of interesting about those two cases, though, the case against Trump, the case against the J6 people, as I'm thinking out loud with you? It's interesting that the media and the left isn't pumping news out about the J6 defendants very much. They're not really. I mean, you know, the only really way you learn about it is from conservative or right wing media, to be honest with you. If I'm not mistaken, I'm I'm sure I'm right about that. You only hear about those cases from conservative elements or precincts. But the cases against Trump are everywhere from, you know, the ladies on The View to CNN to the front page of The New York Times. They're proud of that stuff. They want you to know your presidential nominee is going to is is whatever they think he is. Uh, fill in the blank. There's no word they haven't used. It's kind of an interesting thing, which shows me that there might be 
I don't know. There might be something. There might be something more at play here in a political sense. I mean, they're trying to create this narrative about Trump that he's a fraudster by dint of law, that he's a sexual abuser by dint of a court case, that he's a manipulator of elections by dint of another court case. I mean, it really is quite amazing when you think about the breadth of these cases against him. Um, and, and then, of course, the classified documents case in Washington, D.C. is an entire other element to this. It's kind of interesting that you see them all giving as much publicity to those cases as possible and not so much the Jan 6 stuff. Isn't that yeah. kind of an interesting I mean, thing? Oh, totally. I mean, and not to like rehash the the New York, you know, the, the New York fraud case that just went down, but I mean, the banks literally testified in his defense that's and correct. Said they loved doing business with him that's and they right. would love to do business with that's him right again. they were defense witnesses that's the irony of this yes of course they, they were de- yeah no it's it, and he being the defense or the yeah in, in a civil fraud case i guess that's what you would call it yeah that that that, that is what's interesting to me um but it's the pride with which these people are doing it the same kind of pride that putin does i mean uh, look, I think Navalny was killed by Putin. I, I don't have any special insight. I just think that. And based on what I've read and know of Putin, it's it's a play to type. But he's not concealing it. That's weird to me. That's right. weird. Well, or it isn't. He wants you to know. You come against yeah. me. Uh, you're going you're going to fall out of a window you're going to be killed you're going to be said to you know uh wolf polar prison or whatever it's called yeah it's an interesting thing and we're yeah your point is i think the point i'm trying to make too not maybe as eloquently as you but the point is we too are using or the left here in this country too is using political apparatuses for excuse me legal apparatuses for political ends they they know you can't stop this guy at the polls so they're going to do everything else using state prosecutors and federal prosecutors and da's to do it right that's putinism that's putinism yeah and i don't i'll just leave you with this i don't wish ill you know upon anyone but listen this Russian guy, listen, I'm sure he was a great guy to have a beer with, whatever. But you know what, Frank? Here. I didn't hear Wait, what you said. No, I, I just didn't hear what you said. Say it again. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, I, I, don't, I don't, you know, wish ill upon anyone. I'm sure this Navali guy was a nice guy to have a beer with or whatever. But, you know, frankly, I just, I don't really care. You know, I'm sorry to hear that he passed away, I guess. But you know what? There's a lot of, a lot of people who are fighting a good fight. You know, everywhere in the world, and it's like, you know, I'm not going to... Oh, okay, gonna yeah, we, we disagree. I care a lot. I care a lot. I care a lot because I think these dissidents, particularly in Russia and throughout Russian history, have moved mountains against tyrants. i got to take a break. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602-508-0960, coming to you live from the 960 Patriot Broadcast Studio, which is brought to you by our friends at Midas Gold Group, your source for precious metals, your reliable source for precious metals. I was just thinking a little bit about that call and uh, political dissidents. 
Um, I think it's true uh, to history to say that by and large, political dissidents in other countries have been the cause celeb or the cause of concern for mostly the left, but not exclusively the left. Amnesty International kind of started in this field. This is where they kind of made their bones, if you will, highlighting the plight of political prisoners in other countries, and then they moved into other human rights violations. But, you know, you think about the power of a dissident and what they can do to a regime. There was a reason, for example, um, that Václav Havel was imprisoned in Czechoslovakia by the communists there. His works and writings were a threat to them. Same for Solzhenitsyn. Um, And if you want to see ultimate regime change without blood as best you can, um, it's going to come from the words and the efforts and the writings and the philosophies of the political prisoners um, in these regimes of tyranny and authoritarianism. When Reagan spoke of the evil empire, um, the story that warmed so many of our hearts when Sharansky got out of prison was his telling of how the prisoners tapped those words throughout the prison pipes to one another. Because when Reagan spoke those words and would utter their names and encouraged Secretary of State George Shultz and Gene Kirkpatrick to always bring up their names in any meetings with Soviet delegations. The Soviets hated it. The prisoners loved it. It gave them power to continue. It gave them, you know, the energy uh, and the moral, the, the moral validation, if you will, that someone gave a damn about them. And someone knew, as Sharansky said, that the great lie was uncovered. Um, It's a beautiful story written here and there about the first time Sharansky met Gene Kirkpatrick as a free man. And he runs up to her and he yells, Kirkpatsy, Kirkpatsky. That was the nickname they had for Gene Kirkpatrick in the Soviet prison system. Um, But yes, I, I... I am supportive of these political prisoners, whether they were the Sharanskys of yore or whether they are uh, the dissidents held today in Iran or any other regime that that thinks about them the way the Soviets thought about, yeah, Sharansky and, um, you know, Solzhenitsyn and uh, New Dell. And uh, Sakharov and, um, you know, people, people, people like that. I, I, I just think that they are they are people of conscience who did something good to be good people in bad regimes and that the only way those bad regimes are going to come down is by highlighting what they have to say. This is why it was such an embarrassment to so many in the conservative movement, William Buckley, National Review, George Will, others, when Ford refused 
to meet with Solzhenitsyn when he was in America. And don't you think, by the way, there should be a degree of shame as well for when Solzhenitsyn moved here and moved to Vermont, that he, in the state of Vermont, was never visited by one Bernie Sanders in a, what would have been a 100-mile car trip probably to see him. But Bernie Sanders had no problem with thousands of miles to log for his wedding for his wedding honeymoon in the Soviet Union. We ignore these guys at our peril, I think, and we highlight their plight to the peril of the regimes that imprisoned them, I think. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602-508-0960. Let's go to Don in Phoenix. Hello, Don. Hey, Seth. How are you? I'm fine. How are you, sir? Good. I sure enjoy your show and all your input. Thanks. It's delicious. Thanks. I have a quick question about Carrie Lake. You know, and I love her. I love what she thinks and believes, and obviously Trump supports her like crazy. But you know, whether it's tomorrow or the next day or next month, they're just going to blast her with their stance on abortion. And how, how do you frame that argument from a conservative standpoint, knowing that that's what they're going to, above other things, so that's what they'll hang their hat on with her? Well, um, first of all, I think you could probably, Don, agree with me. You probably would agree with me in saying that it would be true of almost every Republican running across the country. They're going to yeah. try and run an abortion campaign against. Exactly. Um, because I don't know of any national Republicans right now or any prominent Republicans right now who stake out a strongly, clearly articulated pro-choice position. I, I don't know of any. I'm open to to hearing of it. If, the, if there are, they tend to be outliers. And, of course, there are various positions of various Republicans on where they stand on the life issue – as pro-lifers, what what laws they'd they'd push and what laws they wouldn't push. Um, I have long thought that far from being on our heels on this issue, we ought to be charging right at it, like General Nelson, Admiral Nelson said. I think we ought to go right at them. Uh, first of all, um, it is eminently true. It is demonstrably true. Um, that the Democratic Party today, from Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and Nancy Pelosi on down from Chuck Schumer and Jerry Nadler to Ruben Gallego, you name it, the warp and woof, the entire edifice of the Democratic Party will not stand for a limitation on abortion at all. And if you ask them for one, they will engage in circle talk. They will say things like Kamala Harris says, which is, I'm being very clear, I support Roe v. Wade, and they won't answer on what timeline they would um, they would support or expect in a society that considers itself decent. So when they're asked about seven-month, eight-month, ninth-month, late-term, after-birth abortions even, uh, pro- postpartum abortions, they will not support one. Who's the gruesome party? Who's the extreme party when it comes to that? Can reasonable people disagree? Should we be promoting a culture of life? I think most citizens should say that we as a decent society should promote a culture of life. And whether that means that there should be some exceptions, I think we can probably all agree on what they should be. The left likes to say, well, the exceptions always have to be 
for things such as rape and incest, and I think a lot of Americans are probably in that realm. And you know what? That's about 1% of abortions. But you know those late-term abortions the Democrats won't outlaw are about twice to three times that number. And I've never understood why we're the extremists for wanting to stop those while they're not. I think we have to go right at it and talk about just why is it that if you accidentally or deliberately killed a pregnant woman and the baby or fetus, pick your choice of words, you get either double manslaughter or double homicide. Why is that? Why is that? And should we be doing away with those laws? Should we be doing away with those laws? What is it that is being killed? What is in the term manslaughter if it is accidental? What is it? It's not fetus slaughter. It's manslaughter. It's, it's homicide if it's done deliberately. What does homicide mean? We are talking about an unborn human being in a society that is reckless and careless with the lives of the most vulnerable and unborn who are, happen to be unborn. You know what? That's a society that if you want to protect, you should be ashamed of. I would not take any guff on this issue at all, Don. I'd go right at him. I am sick and tired of Republicans thinking they have to cower on this issue. We can win it every single time, I think, if we have the courage and the nerve to stand up for it. No, you're right. It would just be not. You're right. It would be nice if she or her staff or whatever, before they come gunning for her, and you know they will. I mean, it's the one thing they're going to hang their hat on. You know it would be nice if she came out with something proactively, said, here's our stance, here's our policy. That's reasonable, but that still you know, favors you know, pro-life and all that kind of stuff. Well, I'm not, uh, I'm not intimate with the, uh, with the ins and outs of how the campaigns unfold, you know, their messaging and so forth. Right. But I will defend a pro-life position from a Republican or a Democrat any day I can because it says something about a society. It says something about a society that cares about those lives or doesn't. Let me let me let me say something about um, about that. Um, what do you ta- what do you say about a society, um, a civilization, um, to the mind of a person and the moral fabric of a nation that accepts the aborting of the life of a baby without a pang of conscience? What kind of person and what kind of society will we have in years hence if life can be taken so casually? I am not making those sentences up. Those are direct quotes from Jesse Jackson in 1977. And have we become or have we become less conscientious, careful, and protective of innocent and civilian life since the Roe versus Wade period was wrought on us or less? Have we cared yeah. more about life or less since we answered no Jesse no Jackson's question wrongly? Yeah. He ended no, his me... essay by saying it is that question, the question of our attitude, our value system, and our mindset with regard to the nature and worth of life itself that is the central question confronting mankind. You bet I give a damn about marginal tax rates. You bet I give a damn about a lot of things in this country. But first and foremost, it should be the life of the innocent. Yeah. No, I agree. Well, anyway, I appreciate it. Thank you, and keep up the great work. I love listening to your show. Well, thank you, Don. Um, and I'll, and I'll you know, happily help any, any pro-life politician with their messaging on this if they think I have something to offer. 
but it just it has been a curiosity of mine um, on two issues forever that Republicans tend to want to just wash their hands of these issues because they're afraid of the Democrats on them. One is the race issue and one is the life issue. And they get thrown into this basket called, oh, those are cultural issues that are wedge issues. They're not wedge issues. They are defining issues about who we are as a country. Are we a racist country or not? That's a defining issue. Are we a country that protects and does everything it can to protect innocent and vulnerable life, or are we not? That is not a wedge and side issue. That is not a distraction. That goes to who we are, not just as a party, but as a country. Our party was founded on this notion. Our party called it a relic of barbarism to engage in slavery, as well as polygamy, family values, relics of barbarism. When we cast those aside, we should not be a barbaric country. Portions of our show are brought to you by our good friends at Y-Refi. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then refy.com. Or give them a call at 888-Y-REFI-24. They're also local. You can visit with them. They're right on Chauncey Lane in North Phoenix. They won't ask you to sign anything or give you a sales pitch. They leave that to me. What is the sales pitch? Well, with Y-Refi, you can earn up to a 10.25% fixed rate of return in a secure and collateralized portfolio. And by the way, it's not correlated to the stock market or the Federal Reserve. You can turn your income on or off, compound it, whatever you like. There are absolutely no fees. Peace of mind. There's no attack on principle if you ever need your money back. And of course, you get a monthly statement with no Surprises. As I say, check them out at investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then refy.com. Or give them a call at 888-YREFI-24. 888-YREFI-24. You know what I never got to do, Mr. Bill, and I'm not going to be able to do it in the next hour? Um, we have Lewis Hallman coming in. He says he wants to talk about love and war. <laughs> Small issues. <laughs> um, always an interesting Mind, Lewis is um, deep. Um, I still haven't done that one thing from Dennis Prager from like 10 days ago. (laughs) He got a call that challenged him and it was such a good response. I kept teasing that I was going to run it through with you. Mr. Bill, you'll be here tomorrow. I know David will be in his in his uh, in his in his regular producing seat, but I want you to remind me I cannot go any we're in the second hour tomorrow without dealing with that Dennis Prager audio clip and call. It's I'll tease it one more time, and I'm sorry I've teased it for so long, but it's the kind of thing that can change your life. Um, it really is, um, based on a on a on a caller who who tried to give him a lecture, um, and I suppose it's the it's 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 much the answer. Of Socrates, too, that Dennis gave. I'll just give this little t- preview of it. Better to live in thousandfold poverty and truth than wealth and a lie. Better to have people say of you, you were honest and tried your absolute best to always grab the moral rather than that you were wealthy or successful in other ways where the moral was never anything like a top-tier consideration for you.
Dennis did it better than I did um, just now. Of course, that's why he's Dennis. <laughs> and we'll do that tomorrow, too. Love and War with Lewis Hallman when we come back. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.